Hi there, welcome back. And we were listening to Midas Touch, of course. I cover live 24-7 indictment watch updates. So, you're welcome, universe. Dan Goldman, <clears throat> another person I've asked, uh, invited to be my VP, my president, my VP. <laughs> I should ask them if they want to be my VP. <laughs> oh, shit. Maybe Jamie Roskin would do it too. Okay. Pull up. Consider the speaker's response when asked by a reporter what concession. Oh, what happened to Steph? What to know? He has offered Democrats. He stated one thing in response, raising the death flow. That is not a concession. That is their constitutional duty to maintain the full faith and credit of the United States. Our deficit is where it is today, largely because of the excessive spending and serious, severe tax cuts that the Trump administration implemented. And when these same Republicans had no problem raising the debt limit three times without demanding any spending cuts, Republicans have a responsibility to ensure that we pay our debt created on their watch so we don't default and so the global economy does not cradle, which Hank. would cause millions of Americans to lose their jobs, their benefits, their health care, their food, and their education. We could raise the debt ceiling today if any five Republicans had the courage to stand up to the most extreme voices in their party who view the default on our debts and the catastrophic effect it would have on the global economy as an objective in and of itself. Our Constitution states that the validity of the public debt authorized by law shall not be questioned. Yet Republicans insist, Yet Republicans that, this insist that this constitutional does not apply to them. We accept oh. spending to understand how unreasonable and how twisted their rationale is. Consider the speaker's response. Rationale is consider. When asked by a reporter what concessions. When asked by reporters what concessions. He stated one, he thing, stated in one thing in response. Raising the debt ceiling. Raising the debt ceiling. That is not a concession. That is not a concession. That is their constitutional. That is their constitutional duty to maintain the full faith and credit in the Our United States. Is where it is today. Our deficit largely is where it is today, largely because of the excessive and spending and serious, severe tax cuts that the Trump administration, the Trump administration and then these same Republicans had no problem raising the debt ceiling three times 
any spending without cuts. demanding any Republicans have a responsibility spending to cuts. Ensure that we pay the Republicans have the created on their watch. Created on so their watch. So we don't default. And so the global economy does not crater. Millions of Americans which would jobs, cause millions of Americans to lose their, their jobs, healthcare, their, their credits, food, their health care, their food, their education. We could raise the debt ceiling, we could raise the debt ceiling today if any five Republicans, any five Republicans had the courage, had the courage to stand up to the, stand most, up extreme to the most extreme party. voices in the party. The default on our debt and the catastrophic effect it they viewed the, the global economy catastrophic effects that it would have as well on the global economy as objective in itself. Our Constitution states that the validity of the public debt by law shall not be questioned, yet the Republicans insist that this contractual obligation does not apply to them. We must not play global politics with our global economy cannot and will not negotiate with the that was Democratic extortionists. Goldman. I've been my from the Midas Touch Network. The MAGA Republicans left Washington, D.C., and they basically said, whatever happens with the debt ceiling, who cares about the global economy? Who cares about our obligation to make sure that the United States full faith and credit will not be questioned? But Democrats were there speaking on the House floor like you just saw. Congressmember Dan Goldman do, bringing receipts and talking to the American people about the obligation of the government to acknowledge the full faith and credit of the United States, which should not be a controversial proposition. This is Democratic Congress member, freshman Democratic Congress member, Sitar, play this clip. Without objection, the gentleman is recognized for one minute. I'm Greg Kassad, I'm a brand new member of Congress representing Texas, and I'm standing over here on the Republican side of the aisle, not because I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, but I want the American people to see that there isn't any Republicans in the seats here behind me on the eve of our default. Where are the Republicans? This is not a simple political disagreement. This is a dire crisis being imposed on the eve of our default. Where are the Republicans? They want to burn the house down and blame the firefighter for the flames. That is shameful. That is dangerous. There's no patriotism or morality in this. Petition to save with us the American people, why the Republicans are not in these empty chairs. To make sure that billionaires pay their fair share. Thank you. Here is Democratic Congress Member Sean Kasten. Play the clip. Gentlemen, recognize one minute. Madam Speaker, my uh, Republican colleagues are presently fiddling while Rome burns, but I come to praise my Republican colleagues, not to bury them. I come to praise my friend Patrick McHenry for his wisdom just six months ago when he said that he opposes Speaker McCarthy's plan to use the debt limit to cut spending, when he said that it is important that Congress raise the debt limit, 
But he said the treasury markets are the lifeblood of the global economy when he said it was an important function of the government for us to make good on the checks we cash. I come to praise the July 2019 version of Speaker McCarthy when he said we should not leave here without doing something on the debt ceiling. Where are those grave principled souls now in the answer, Madam Speaker? As you know, not here. Empty, inconsistent rhetoric does not pay the bills. The American people know that, and I hope the American people will remind my Republican colleagues of those work requirements of this job during their upcoming 11-day vacation. Thanks. Uh, yes, here is Democratic Congress member Debbie Dingell. Play the clip. Section the gentleman is recognized for one minute. Madam Speaker, I call on my Republican colleagues today to stop holding our nation's economy hostage. It's dangerous. It's unconscionable knowing the devastating impact it is going to have on the American working family. It's unconscionable knowing the devastating effect this is going to have on American families. Here's what the brave, mostly young Democrats, are saying in Congress about the debt ceiling and about Republicans holding the planet hostage. Even described it like that. Donald Trump issued the order. He said it's inevitable. The default crashed the economy. And so now, in the words of Representative Matt Gates, the GOP will not negotiate with their hostage. Our government is hostage. We, the people, are hostage. Republicans who have split today, but agreed to lift the debt ceiling three times under Trump. I want to introduce them to the Constitution of the United States. The validity of the public debt shall not be questioned. Even Ron DeSantis said, said it's moving to Chilean. Uh, 
Thomas asking me, for example, for opposing immigration amnesty that he supported when he was president uh, for illegal aliens, and I did oppose it because I don't support amnesty. He also attacked me for voting against one of the bloated omnibus spending bills that he supported as president. And I agree, I don't think you should do those bloated bills. We're 31 trillion in debt, and he added almost 8 trillion in debt in just four years as president. Folks, there you have it. This is a he serious, added serious eight trillion dollars in debt. Job seriously, okay? The debt ceiling has been has been seriously, okay? Serious matter, and Democrats are taking their job. He added almost eight trillion in debt in just four years as president. Folks, there you have it. <laughs> and he added almost eight trillion in debt in just four years as president. Folks, there you have it. And he added almost eight trillion in debt in just four.
And here's Ron DeSantis, he the Republican candidate, saying, in just four years as president. Hi, I'm Christopher Perez, and here's Ron DeSantis, the Republican candidate, saying that Trump put us $8 trillion in debt. Hi, I'm Christopher Perez, and here's Ron DeSantis, the Republican candidate, saying that Trump put us $8 trillion in debt. Hi, I'm Christopher Perez, and here's Ron DeSantis, the Republican candidate, saying that Trump put us... Republican candidate saying that Trump put us $8 trillion in debt. Ron hashtag DeSantis saying hashtag Trump put us eight trillion dollars in debt exclamation points hashtag FYP thanks for 161k on my podcast hashtag politics AF you have great taste smiley face
Right, are we still um, podcasting? I don't know. He added almost eight trillion in debt in just four years as president. Party, party, wanna party. Yo, follow for more indictment watch 24 7 indictment watch. Oh, yeah, it's live right now. Lights on with Jessica Denson. This you guys still there? No oh my gosh, office. you are. Wow. I'm Jessica Denson, and this is Lights On. Ding! The top presidential hopefuls are a flailing fascist and a serial criminal who is likely weeks, if not days, away from a federal indictment on charges of obstruction and espionage. We're going to dive into the latest bombshell revelations about Trump losing the documents that Mar-a-Lago. Bottom line, it's looking pretty bad for the GOP. So they're threatening to change the global economy in hopes that it will improve their chances in 2024. Yes, they're killing us in the same area. This is who they are. 
On the other hand, Democrats are making strides towards protecting that freedom in states like Minnesota and Pennsylvania. But in red states, the will of the people is no consideration. This week, 27 GOP men in South Carolina removed the only post-row protections for abortion that remain in the future. It's crystal clear. Electing more Democrats is the only solution. No, it's not the only solution. And this month is the 90-year anniversary of book burning in to stopping this fascism in its tracks. Mm -hmm. And this month... Are you... This is no dress rehearsal. I'm Jessica Denson, and this is Lights On. The GOP's two top presidential hopefuls are a flailing fascist and a serial criminal who is likely weeks, if not days, away from a federal indictment on charges of obstruction and espionage. We're going to dive into the latest bombshell revelations about Trump's moving of documents at Mar-a-Lago. Bottom line, it's looking pretty bad for the GOP. So they're mm -hmm. threatening to tank the global economy in hopes that it will improve their chances in 2024. Of winning the election. How yes, fucking sick and twisted is that? This is who they are. On the other hand, Democrats are making strides towards protecting our freedom in states like Minnesota and Pennsylvania. But in red states, the will of the people is no consideration. This week, 27 GOP men in South Carolina removed the only post-row protections for abortions that remained in the deep south. Signed six-week abortion clear. bill in Electing the law. more Democrats Fuck is the only solution to stopping this fascism in its tracks. And this month is the 90-year anniversary of book burning in Nazi Germany. The Nazis' modern-day heroes can't ban books fast enough down in Florida where freedom goes to die. You better... We better, we better start learning from history. So you better believe we're going to shine a light on that. Welcome to Lights On and welcome back, Ben Micellis. How are you doing? It's good to be here. I appreciate it over the past few weeks. It was a birthday weekend and I love the other guests that you had on here. Um, shining your light on some of those great guests was great to watch. And I'm just so thrilled about the success of the show you and I have always been talking about you launching a podcast and a show like this and knowing that it resonates with so many people and knowing how people identify with your straight talk, your compassion, your no nonsense, your lights on has been a professional joy for me. Oh, thanks so much, Ben. I, I, uh, we missed you over the past couple of weeks, but I know the Midas Mighty and our luminaries are happy to have you back and and we'll just we'll just keep it a surprise every week. Will Ben be here? Will we have someone else? We'll have to watch and see, right? <laughs> so anyway, let's get right into this. Oh my God, what is going on with Jack Smith, Mar-a-Lago documents? That the timeline is really, really getting locked down. I think what we learned this week from this this bombshell Washington Post article is just more and more about what was happening in basically a year ago, spring of 2022. So May 2022 um, is when the DOJ issued the subpoena to Trump to hand over the records that he had. On May 6, 2022, the National Archives notified Trump that, that these high-profile presidential records are missing. And then on May 9th, and I think there's there's been video of this, Trump takes this private plane from Palm Beach to Bedminster 
and we we have seen video footage if you could play that salty of documents of boxes of what appears to be documents being loaded onto that phone. Um, and then this reporting that came out this week revealed that Trump was telling a telling staff get at Mar-a-Lago to move docs, boxes into a storage room at Mar-a-Lago in June of 2022, just before the FBI was coming to conduct a search where they were explicitly prohibited from looking inside that storage room. And this is this is what's new. We have these um, this indication from the lawyer of this maintenance worker at Mar-a-Lago who helped Trump's valet, this man named um, Walt Nauta, move these boxes. Uh, fill us in on what else what else is is really just uh, coming out and what is likely to be a very imminent indictment from Jack Smith. You know, we've heard this name, Walt Nauta, before. He's someone who worked in the White House as one of Donald Trump's personal aides. We know that he then worked at Mar-a-Lago after he left the White House. And we knew that he had hid from the Department of Justice that he had moved these boxes. Ultimately, the Department of Justice subpoenaed a surveillance footage, which, by the way, there are gaps in the surveillance footage. Uh, But in the non-gap portions, the DOJ saw Walt Nauta moving boxes. So we knew that part. What we didn't really know was the when and that other people were involved in moving it as well. So what we learned is the day before the Department of Justice arrived at Mar-a-Lago to respond to the subpoena that they issued back in May of 2022, DOJ, their top counterintelligence official, Jay Kroc, shows up on June 3rd of 2022. Well, on June 2nd of 2022, that is when these boxes were being moved. So literally the day before, And what seems to have been happening is that these documents were perhaps all over Mar-a-Lago. And so where they were being moved was being moved into the storage facility. No, I disagree. That's not the only way. Another way, a better way, actually, is to get rid of all the traitors in Congress with the 14th Amendment. Exclamation point. All you have to do is tell Congress, 202, and to expel all the January 6th insurrectionists. And they signed an attestation. That's what Donald Trump's lawyer, Christina Bob, signed, along with Evan Corcoran. Evan Corcoran didn't sign it directly, but he was involved in that. And he was one of the people who made the representations to the FBI that he had done the search, and all of the documents were now turned over. 38 classified documents, right? And of course, we now know that to be completely false. On August 8th of 2022, the Department of Justice executed a valid search warrant and found over 100 classified documents, hundreds of folders with classified markings that were and thousands of other government records. So that's the import of the timing there. We also learned what you just said, Jessica, about this maintenance worker who just seems to be someone who was a handyman around Mar-a-Lago, who saw Walt Nauta moving these boxes, and said, hey, can I help you? It should be noted, though, that Donald Trump immediately pays for that maintenance worker's lawyer. So the John Irving lawyer who you mentioned is being paid, not from Donald Trump, though, but from the Save America organization. And finally, we learned that Donald Trump directly 
was having dress rehearsals um, even before a subpoena was issued uh, for these documents and directing people, okay, in the event the DOJ subpoenas us, in the event they search the premises, here's how we will hide it. Ultimately, this goes to mens rea, which is the intent of Oh, I forgot one more thing. The one more thing from this bombshell report that we learned is that the last time the grand jury met is May 5th. So what that tells us is that's a pretty long time. That tells us that evidence is probably pretty much done being presented to the grand jury, and we're on the phase where recommendations are being made to charge. Yeah, I think we found that clip, by the way, of, uh, of those moving of boxes. Look at that. I mean, of course, we don't know for sure, but it is very, very suspect timing that that's happening right after right after um, Trump is notified that, the, that NARA is looking for those presidential records. Um, and, you know, actually, this is, this is a big question of mine. I mean, we don't think then, or we have no indication to know that the FBI has ever searched Bedminster, do we? Um, they haven't, as far as we know, they haven't searched Bedminster. They probably should. For all we know, they haven't searched the other locations. And you may be saying, why, why didn't they? They clearly have a source at Mar-a-Lago. So they knew when they took their shot, they were not going to go. Now, the fact that they haven't searched Bedminster doesn't mean that they don't know documents may be hidden there. They have a log of all of the classified documents that are missing. They'll have sources that tell them, and ultimately that could still be part of a charge investment. Yeah. To me, this, I mean, okay, so we could have, we could have, I mean, we have indications now, and if, if anything was an indication, it was Donald Trump's own lawyer's elementary letter that they sent earlier this week to um, Merrick Garland begging for a meeting, claiming that, you know, Donald Trump was just the victim of this unfair treatment, this, this nonsensical elementary letter that they wrote. Um, but we are... We are getting there, aren't we, Ben? I mean, we are very, very close. I think still so very late because this is my this is my big question every time I think, okay, when are these charges going to finally come down, and when does when he finally go when behind bars? Actually, put Donald Trump potentially in in either in jail while he is awaiting charges or in prison convicted of charges and is it before 2024 i mean this is the leading candidate for the gop they have no better options we saw that crystal clear this week what's gonna happen he will be charged by the department of justice on the document case i believe in the next 60 to 90 days you know i think we're looking at august september it's supposed to be today but i think it could happen sooner than that i do not believe in any of the cases, um, perhaps the Manhattan District Attorney case, because his trial date is has now been set this past week for March 24th of 2024, he could be sentenced to prison there and could serve real time there um, before the election takes place. He could be remanded into custody before the election takes could place. Be. Now, what ultimately they will do what's going to happen there, I, I don't know, but that's a possibility. The reality is, for these Jack Smith charges, he is not going to be held in custody pending the trial. Anyway, he's going to post a bond, he's going to get out, and... He's going to try to fuck out the case again. Take place, and I do not believe there 
that the conviction will take place before 2024. And you may be saying, that's BS. If it was any other citizen, it would move quicker. I can just tell you from the inside perspective, that's just, it's just not true. Like, I work with criminal lawyers, and those cases, especially federal cases, if you don't waive, you know, your right to a speedy trial, I mean, if you do waive your right to a speedy trial and you extend it, there are cases that go on for four or five or six years, and we may say that's terrible, but he doesn't want a speedy trial. Being pursued more expeditiously than other federal, like other federal cases, like, and I know people go, no, no, no. It's just a very slow system. But you know what? When I did the other podcast with with Cohen this past week, political beatdown, you know, we were talking about the document case, and I said, you know, you do realize that the search warrant that was executed at Mar-a-Lago was less than a year ago. Mar-a-Lago was searched August eighth. Jack Smith was appointed November of 2022. So if you think about the timeline, we're about six months out of when Jack Smith was appointed. And I know it feels like it's moving very slow. So we're talking about this union, this marriage between our heart and our brains. It's a very, very different way. Trista, what'd you do? Slow, but within six months, all of this has been uncovered. Yeah, it has. I just think, what's going to happen? He will be charged by the Department of Justice. They have no better options. We saw that crystal clear this week. What's going to happen? No, you. Sixty to ninety days. Crystal clear this week. What's going to happen? He will be charged. What's going to happen? He will. What's going to happen? He will. Ending. What's going to happen? He will be charged by the Department of Justice on the document case, I believe, in the next 60 to 90 days. You know, I think we're looking at August to September, the latest, but I think it could happen sooner than that. I do not believe in any of the cases, um, perhaps the Manhattan District Attorney case, because his trial date is has now been set this past week for March 24th of 2024, he could be sentenced to prison there and could serve real time there um, before the election takes place. He could be remanded into custody before the election takes place. Now, what ultimately they will do uh, what's going to happen there? I, I don't know, but that's a possibility. The reality is, for these Jack Smith charges, he is not going to be held in custody pending. What's going to happen? He will be charged by the Department of Justice on the document case, I believe, in the next 60 to 90 You know, I think we're looking at August to September the latest, but I think it could happen sooner than that. I do not believe in any of the cases. Um, 
perhaps the Manhattan District Attorney case because his trial date is has now been set this past week for March 24th of 2024. He could be sentenced to prison there and could serve real time there um, before the election takes place. He could be remanded into custody before the election takes place. Now, what ultimately they will do, uh, what's going to happen there, I, I don't know, but that's a possibility. The reality is for these Jack Smith charges, he is not going to be held in custody. Before 2024. What's going to happen? He will be charged by the Department of Justice on the document case, I believe, in the next 60 to 90 days. You know, I think we're looking at August to September, the latest, but I think it could happen sooner than that. I do not believe in any of the cases. Um, perhaps the Manhattan District Attorney case, because his trial date is has now been set this past week for March 24th of 2024. He could be sentenced to prison there and could serve real time there. Um, before the election takes place. He be remanded into custody before the election takes place. Now, <laughs> what ultimately they will do, uh, what's going to happen there, I, I don't know. But that's a possibility. The reality is, for these Jack Smith charges, he is not going to be held in custody pending. What's going to happen? <laughs> he will be charged by the Department of Justice on the document case, I believe, in the next 60 to 90 days. You know, I think we're looking at August to September, the latest, but I think it could happen sooner than that. I do not believe in any of the cases, um, perhaps the Manhattan District Attorney case, because his trial date is has now been set this past week for March 24th of 2024. He could be sentenced to prison there and could serve real time there. Um, before the election takes place. He could be remanded into custody before the election takes place. Now, what ultimately they will do, uh, what's going to happen there, I, I don't know, but that's a possibility. The reality is, for these Jack Smith charges, he is not going to be held in custody by the Department of Justice on the document case, I believe, in the next 60 to 90 days. You know, I think...
So poor little Trumpy, you must be so petrified right now. Why? I do not believe in any of the cases. Um, perhaps the Manhattan District Attorney case, because his trial date is... been set this past week for March 24th of 2024, he could be sentenced to prison there and could serve real time there um, before the election takes place. He could be remanded into custody before the election takes place. Now, what ultimately they will do, what's going to happen there, I, I don't know, but that's a possibility. The reality is, for these Jack Smith charges, he is not going to be held in custody pending the trial. He's going to post a bond, he's going to get out, and um, then the process will take place. And I do not believe there that the conviction will take place before 2024. And you may be saying, that's BS, if it was any other citizen, it would move quicker. I can just tell you from the inside, you may be saying, what ultimately they will do, what's going to happen there, I, I don't know. But that's a possibility. Is has now been set this past week for March 24th of 2024. He could be sentenced to prison there and could serve real time there um, before the election takes place. He could be remanded into custody before the election takes place. Now, what else? For president, what's going to happen there? I, I don't know, but that's a possibility. The reality is, for these Jack Smith charges, he is not going to be held in custody pending the trial. He's going to post a bond, he's going to get out, and um, then the process will take place. And I do not believe there that the conviction will take place before 2024. And you may be saying, that's BS. If it was any other citizen, it would move quicker. I can just tell you from the inside perspective, that's just, it's just not true. Like, I, I work with criminal lawyers, is has now been set this past week for March 24th of 2024. He could, the inside perspective, that's just, it's just not true. Like, I, I work with criminal lawyers, and those cases, especially federal cases, if you don't waive, you know, your... to a speedy trial. I mean, if you do waive your right to a speedy trial and you extend it, uh, there are cases that go on for four or five or six years, and we may say that's terrible, but these cases really are being pursued more expeditiously than other federal like, other federal cases. Like, and I know people go, no, no, no. It's just a very slow system. But you know what? When I did the other podcast with, with Cohen this past week, Political Beatdown, you know, he, we were talking about the document case, and I said, 
you know, you do realize that the search warrant that was executed at Mar-a-Lago was less than a year ago. Mar-a-Lago was searched August 8th. Jack Smith was appointed November of 2022. So if you think about the timeline, we're about six months out of when Jack Smith was appointed. And I know it's your life is moving very slow. Within six months, all of this has been uncovered. Yeah, it has. I just think, I mean, I will remain in the camp of if the special counsel, I know I know it was Trump announcing his, his, elect, his run, okay, his latest attempt to evade accountability, but I, I just feel like we are so late. If the special, special counsel was to be appointed, I wish Merrick Garland had done it, you know, early in 2021. I mean, it shouldn't it shouldn't have taken so long um, to get this ball rolling. But here's the thing. Merrick Garland was still working. He was he was working on the case before that, to be fair. Special yeah. counsel, the only reason for the special counsel appointment was when was Donald Trump announced that announced he was running as a country. I know, I know. Well, we we uh, we hope we hope and we continue to um, you know point out point out the contrast that we have between criminals and fascists on one hand in the Republican Party <laughs> putting finger people who can't even do a Twitter rollout to announce their presidential run <laughs> and very highly competent legislators public servants on the Democratic side. Um, the other the other madness, madness that we are dealing with from these arsonists as we speak is this, this attempt to hold the global economy hostage by not passing a clean bill to raise the debt ceiling. Um, I, I think they were about to head out um, into Memorial Day weekend without a deal and, and the Democrats kind of um, maneuvered them very cleverly into staying and not not walking out on this very impending deadline but you know ben you and i have talked about this before this is not the way it works budget negotiations normally happen separately in an appropriations process they do not happen during um raising the debt ceiling is something that should happen on a clean vote to to pay bills that have already been accrued by now, our viewers know that 25% of the national debt was accrued under Donald Trump alone. These are his bills to pay that, that Kevin McCarthy is refusing to pay, not reckless Democratic spending. Um, and they are, they are really teetering, bringing us to the edge of, of what could really be devastating for veterans, for so many families. Their hang-up now is, is SNAP benefits. They are so, so obsessed with protecting um, the, you know, ability of very, very wealthy Americans to have tax shelters and not have to pay taxes on their luxury items like yachts and private planes, but they're worried about uh, food stamp benefits for struggling Americans. Ben, what are we going to do about these people? Well, before we went live, uh, there was some breaking news that the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen sent a letter to Kevin McCarthy, informing him that uh, we will default on our debt. The drop dead date is June 5th. That's it. And this letter details very specifically why. It talks about the money that's being spent by the government to pay for Social Security and Medicare recipients. Uh, it talks about, and it gives very specific numbers, like 
uh, we, we are going to be making more than $130 billion of scheduled payments in the first two days of June. And then when they have to go and make other payments, they're simply going to run out of money. The letter reminds Kevin McCarthy that since January, Kevin McCarthy has been informed of what was going to happen and been given a very detailed timeline when. You know, when this letter was released, the way I saw it was from a CNN reporter, Manu Raju. And he wrote, Treasury's new warning, June 5th is the drop-dead date. This will give Congress more breathing room as Republicans struggle to get a deal with the White House on debt limit. And it's just so being misreported, to your point, Jessica. It's truly journalistic malpractice. There is not supposed to be a negotiation at all because you don't manufacture a crisis and hold our economy hostage and the world economy hostage to try to negotiate something at all, period. That just doesn't exist. Democrats under Donald Trump, without question, raised the debt ceiling multiple times despite detesting his spending priorities, which resulted in an increase in our deficit by $7 trillion plus dollars. You always raise the debt ceiling. Countless examples. This has never happened in history before. So whenever Kevin McCarthy goes up there and talks about the Democrats are negotiating with us, you are manufacturing a crisis uh, in your proposal that you want to have. You will further increase the deficit, and you are now negotiating away the future of Americans. And, and Democrats have been saying that, look, Republicans are trying to create a depression. They're trying to create a recession or a depression because they believe that's a winning political issue for them. It, it isn't a winning political issue for them. They're getting a lot of cover by the media right now. And I know a lot of people are fearful right now, but, but here's what I feel confident about, Jessica. I, I do feel confident that President Joe Biden is a steady hand. I do know that there are a lot of people who wish that Joe Biden was out there messaging a lot more and holding more press conferences. As I predicted on the Midas Touch podcast, he's going to do that next week. But right now, it's put your head down. He's not, you know, he's not a circus clown like these Republicans. Like, he's actually trying to work, and yeah. he believes... He actually is a deal maker. He actually yeah. is a real deal maker. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so, and so that's what's going on now. But I, I want to let people know who are going into this Memorial Weekend nervous. Um, I, I'm not. I, I, one of the things in electing a solid, steady president is I feel confident and comfortable in that. It's one of the big differences, just how I feel now. Remember, remember how you felt when you would wake up every day when Trump was in office? It, it was a panic. I'd look at my phone to see what he's posting or what he's going to do. I know we at least elected right now a decent human being, a compassionate human being. I don't agree with on all issues, but someone who's a solid person who I feel confidence working for us right now. Oh, I'm so grateful on so many levels. I mean, these I've, you know, coming over from from what I used to the people that I used to follow, who I had faith in, who I believed to be Christians and I believed to be fires and and just bought into all this bullshit performance politics that they that's all they engage in that is their only skill they are not deal makers or or um, real public servants but having come from that side and then 
educating myself and getting to see how effectively and and how much dexterity and really good faith goes into policy efforts on the democratic side how much they really are putting the priorities of of struggling americans working americans at the top of of their priority list and really really defending our freedom i mean look at what look at what happened today um or just was reported on today out of minnesota minnesota where the democrats took control of uh, the state legislator, they have had a transformational legislative session. They were able to codify abortion rights, um, get paid family and medical leave, uh, protect the rights of trans the transgender community, get uh, restoration of voting rights for people when they're released from prison or, j or jail, um, put in a $1 billion investment into affordable housing. Also on this gun safety push just this is the leading cause of death among children republicans always pretend to care about children's lives well the leading cause of death is gun violence in, in minnesota they got background checks for private gun transfers and a red flag warning system to take guns from people deemed by a judge to be a threat to themselves or others um passed a 2.58 billion dollar capital construction package i mean i could go on and on these are just a few of the real um, progressive and freedom protecting initiatives, freedom, real freedom protecting, um, that are that go on when uh, when we when we elect Democrats. Like I said in the open, this is the solution, but we have to be in overdrive. The the contrast is so clear. One party is literally willing to burn our, our global economy down and go after our rights to cling on to whatever remnant of power they have. And the other party is out there working their ass off and reaching across the aisle um, to actually be real, real public servants for this country. You know, you mentioned what occurred when Democrats took over both chambers of the legislature in Minnesota and the governorship, actually passing legislation for the people. Um, I got into this debate with Michael Cohen also, where you know, he was talking about Americans really want a results-oriented president. And I went through with him, and he agreed. All of the accomplishments as well that occurred during the first two years of the Biden administration. We're talking about historic, historic achievements and delivering things for American people. And, you know, you'll have people who, you know, the right wing will try to manipulate and, and are oftentimes successful at manipulating, who are getting their benefits from the Democratic policies while getting their pockets picked from the Republicans who, 